rich traditions, real applications. This is Discover the Truth with Garrett Metal Detectors. Welcome to Discover the Truth by Garrett Metal Detectors. I'm your host, Sean Heath. My guest on the podcast today is Tim Saylor. He's the co-host of National Geographic's TV series, Diggers, and the Pursuit Channel's Diggin' with KG and Ringy. Tim, how are you today? I am great, Sean. How are you doing? I am very excited. I don't think I've ever actually spoken to someone who could put Treasure Hunter on their business card. That is very cool. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a, a nightmare in a way if I'm ever just in an airplane seat or somebody just happens to ask me, what do you do? I don't even know how to respond because I feel almost foolish saying, well, I'm a professional treasure hunter. It just sounds so weird. You know what I mean? Do me a favor. Give me the actual description of a treasure hunter. It's so multifaceted. This whole world that I'm a part of, I mean, there's so many different angles to approach it from. I mean, there are people that tend to focus just on recoveries of modern like wedding rings or things that people have lost. They do it as a service. You know, a couple get married, they're out having their first kiss on a beach and a ring falls off and they can't find it in the sand and they'll call one of us or somebody on a ring registry. There's a real good chance they can just recover it for them. And then there are people that do stuff like, I don't know if you've ever heard of the people off the coast that are, you know, they get a bunch of investors and then they go off looking for the Spanish uh, gold ships that sank in the storms in the 1700s and stuff off the coast. And, and they're trying to make millions of dollars by recovering all this gold. And then there's just people that do it as a hobby, kind of like me. Uh, that's how I started because I just like coins. And I'll, I just wanted to go out and find some silver coins in the ground. And it's not earth shattering or treasure to most people. Because if I find a you know, let's say I find a mercury diamond and it's worth $2.50. To me, that's treasure. But to a lot of people are, they, you know, they look at it like, well, you had to spend 30 bucks in gas and lunch money to get there to find that $2.50. And it makes sense. If it was a, if I was doing this to get rich, I wouldn't be doing it. You know, I'd be going about it the wrong way. I should just be going to the coin store and buying a coin. But it's not about that. It's about the thrill of the hunt and the sport of it and the adventure of of hunting. It's another form of hunting in a way. The true value of what you do is not monetary. Would that be safe to say? That is safe to say, you know, and I mean, granted, I'm one of the very few lucky ones that make a living doing this, but I don't make a living off of the stuff I find. It's it's more from TV and, you know, the other things that I'm employed to do. To me, it's just, I would be doing this whether or not I was, you know, on television. I just do it for the love of it. There is a term, techno-archaeology, that is usually applied to going back through old technology and trying to mine secrets from the time in which that technology was being used. I like to use that phrase, techno-archaeology, to describe the techniques and the machinery and the gadgets that help you do what you do. You could say you're an archaeologist. You are finding things that are hidden within the earth, whether it's beneath six inches of leaf cover in a forest or under five feet of dirt out in the Sedona Desert. 
Right. I mean, that's that's one way to look at it. I, I'm sure there's a few archaeologists that would disagree with that statement, but it is true to a certain extent. I mean, I think archaeology is more like I'm going out looking to find what I think I already know is there. And, you know, I'll do some research and say, hey, you know, I, I believe a bunch of coins were dropped here at a fair in the 1800s. And I'll, I'll try to hunt that. But I already know what happened there. I think archaeologists, and they can always correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they're more interested in digging things up and looking at the context in which they're in the ground and then learning something new about it that they didn't already know. So I think it's almost kind of a reverse thing in a way. I mean, that's not to say that there's a ton of incredible discoveries made by metal detectorists that archaeologists would never have found just because they would have never thought to look there. And, you know, we're all over the place and we're finding stuff for them. And in a lot of cases, we work together. But that's just kind of how I see it. I I feel like I kind of already know what's there and I'm looking for it. You know what I mean? It's almost like you're trying to prove a mystery you already know the answer to. Exactly. It's It's like, gee, I think this probably happened right here. Let's see if I'm right. Yeah, yeah. What does a normal average person need to understand if they're interested in even dipping their toe into this discovery pool? The first thing I would say is if you have a love for history or you just are curious and you want to get outside and have some exercise, whatever the case is, don't be intimidated by people that are online or saying, look, I've got, I'm you know, the greatest at this, I've found all this stuff and there's nothing left to find or whatever. Don't be intimidated. Do what you want to do and get what you can out of the sport and the hobby. And um, the other thing is, is the equipment, you know, there's lots of great machines out there. They all work and everything, but it's not, in some cases that you can get very lucky. And I've seen beginners walk out and find a gold coin or something on their first try. But it is, in a way, kind of like playing a musical instrument. Um, if any, if you've ever tried to play a guitar and then you've watched Eddie Van Halen play Eruption, for example, and you realize you you can't do that, it takes a little bit of practice to figure out exactly what you're doing. Now, for example, the machines we use are these Garrett machines. They're designed to be turn on and go machines, and they're super awesome and they can be used by beginners very effectively but that being said like kg and i we've done this for years and years and we have sort of an intimate relationship with our machines we know them forwards and backwards we don't have to even look at the screen we just you know we can sense what's going on just by the what we're hearing and we know if we're going to dig a signal or not i mean there's so much garbage in the ground that you have to learn how to interpret each little tweak and know what's going to be bad, what's good, and what's iffy, and what are you going to take a chance on this day. Talk to me about how advances in technology have really advanced the way that you approach any given search. Well, back before they had coils that really separated stuff out from the iron, they have these double D coils now that are better at interpreting things so if you've got like say a coin next to a big rusty nail or something the more modern technology is much quicker the response is quicker the separation is better and so you have 
chances now to go back to these old places that people say, you know, well, everybody's hunted this for years. But if nobody's hunted it with this new technology, then you've still got a good chance at pulling more stuff out of there. For example, I was just talking to somebody the other day. This is weird that this even came up because it happened maybe three years ago. I was hunting somewhere in Virginia. I don't even remember where, but there was this massive tree and everybody's out in these cornfields and stuff. And I just couldn't get over the fact that there was this big tree and some old buildings there. And I, I was obsessed with it. So I went there and from several people I heard, oh, the, you know, the whole club or wherever we were, these other people have hunted this for years. There, you know, there's no use going over there, but I had this new little tiny double D coil with me and I just took my time and went real slow, was listening to all the nails and stuff and just picked my way through. And after about an hour, I pulled four silver coins out of there. And granted, they weren't easy and a beginner probably would have walked right over them. But if you just took your time and listened for that whisper of a silver sound, I mean, there it was. And and then you get back to, you know, was it worth an hour's worth of time to dig up ten dollars worth of coins yeah it was to me because it was a lot of fun another key part of the reason that you love this so much is you like being outdoors is there a state you haven't gone to alaska i i know i've hunted hawaii a couple times i mean we've been in mexico we've been all over the world you know russia netherlands belgium france italy england i, I can't even name them all slovenia but in the United States, you know, I know there are several states we have not been to. You know, we did 66 television shows on Nat Geo and then another 20 with Pursuit. And I don't think we ever did a show in Ohio. I don't know why that one comes to mind. I don't think we ever hunted there. Now you're going to go back and rethink, huh, we haven't been here. Road trip. Exactly. Perfect excuse, right? Exactly. What's the coolest part of just a regular day for you? You know, I'm a huge sports fan, so my regular days right now are filled with me being obsessed with being in front of the TV because, you know, you got football going, baseball going, and I'm, you know, I lose my mind at this time of year. What's your favorite part of a dig day? A dig day? Uh, you know, it, it's when you get into the zone. Like there's, you know, you got all the preparation, you got all this and it's fun, especially when you're in a social environment. It's always great having a beer afterwards with everybody and talking about the fines and everything. And that's great. But probably the coolest thing about a dig day is if you can get into that zone where you're, you've got your headphones on and you, you start picking things up and you know, you can start sensing that something's going to happen, you know, cause you're getting a target here, a target there that, you know, you might be able to ID like an older button or something. So you know that there's a potential to find something good. And then you get in that zone and you start pulling out really good signal after really good signal. And that's that's really fun. What would surprise people the most, whether they're experienced or amateurs, about the activity? Well, a lot of people, especially beginners or people that have never done it before, that just you know, like used to watch the TV show, they think, boy, this must be really easy because, you know, they find so much good stuff every every time I watch. But what they haven't seen is like the 10,000 beer flip tops and pop cans and stuff we dug up just to get to that one good target. So you do have to be real patient and dig a lot of garbage depending on where you're at. Do you have a favorite discovery? I do. I have 
several. I, I have a Confederate States belt plate that I found that's really, really special because uh, I, it's just, it's rare and it's really an awesome find. And I, I'm from out West, so I don't get to hunt in the Eastern area of the U.S. where you find those things. So that was real special to me. And since then, I found some pretty incredible stuff in England, a couple of museum pieces, actually. And I, it's almost hard to choose. But just less than a month and a half ago, I found the greatest ring I've ever found in my life. It was a solid gold 22 carat, what's called a mourning ring, dated 1744. And it had an, a big amethyst stone in it. And it was absolutely stunning. I mean, it was it was just incredible. And did you ever think about getting it sized, maybe walk around, showing people? <laughs> uh, well, my wife had a little something to say about that, you know. <laughs> now, you've gone all over the world. You've had just a tremendous amount of success. What is the most frustrating or, or the dumbest thing that you would do over in your career, given the chance? Uh, nobody ever asked me that question before. That's an awesome question. Uh, what would I do over in my career? I know, I, I, I have an awesome answer for this too. When I first started, it was like in the 80s, and I, you know, I got my first machine, I, you know, I saved up my pennies and, and bought it and went out and just for a summer found a couple of really good things. I mean, I was, I really didn't even know what I was doing. I went out and found a couple of half dollars, you know, old silver ones and stuff and Indian head pennies and stuff. And at the time I was still living in Iowa. And after that, I put it down and I, I it's hard to say I'd regret this, but I never did it again really until I met KG after I had moved to Montana. And then we, that's when we really got serious about it. But I I really kind of forgot about it completely. But all those years when other people were hunting and finding things before the explosion of treasure hunting took off, I could have been hunting and had a lot more treasure, you know, in the pock, as we say. So I kind of regret spending no time at all for, say, you know, 10, 15 years hunting. That that I would love to change. But on the other hand, I played in a rock band for 20 years. And, you know, I got a few memories there too. Let's talk about that for a second. I'm going to put a hypothetical to you. Uh, and that band was No Spokes. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that was what, like 89, 90, right around there? Yeah. Yeah. We, I think our album came out in 1990 or 91. I can't remember. It was right, right around there. Gold record or gold coin from the 800s? going to have to go with the gold record because I've actually found a gold coin from 50 BC. I've already done that. <laughs> did that make your heart stop? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Because I, the weird thing is, is I just kind of learned what these Celtic gold coins and silver coins looked like. You know, I, I wasn't really, you know, I, I know a lot about United States coins. In fact, you know, if you hand me one, I can generally tell you that, you know, exactly what it is and what the mint is and whether it's rare or not. But European coins, I'm not even close to being an expert on. But I just kind of had a vague idea of what these things were. And I walked out into a field about 30 steps and hit this thing and it popped up. And I looked at it and I thought, this has to be a joke. This can't be real because I just learned what this was. And then, of course, the English guys with me over there just had a meltdown and 
you know, I can't repeat what was said on the air, but you know what I mean? It just, I, then I knew, yeah, this must be real. Did you think they were pranking you? At first, I kind of did because it was just too weird because I had only been out there for five or ten minutes, you know, and I thought, well, there's not that many signals in this field. I mean, you know, and then come to find out later, that's kind of how you find these are generally not in big, you know, buckets or anything, you know, you just find one here or there in random places. So, well, there is one key component to a successful search and a successful dig, and that is having the motivation to go out and put the energy in and put the effort in to actually do it. So I will take this opportunity to wish you continued success in all of your future searches. And I'd love to have an opportunity to talk to you again down the road. Who knows? Maybe tomorrow. I don't know when you're going to find the next great thing, but I do know that I really would love to have another chance to talk to you. Today, my guest on the podcast has been Tim Saylor. He is, of course, the co-host of National Geographic's TV series Diggers and the Pursuit Channel's Diggin' with KG and Ringy. He's with Anaconda Treasure Company, and today he's been my guest on Discover the Truth by Garrett Metal Detectors. Tim, thanks so much for taking the time today. This was really cool. All right. Thanks for having me.